ever dreamt of sitting back on a Friday night drinking a glass of wine whilst watching your ticket sales just flow in effortlessly? Well, now you can with Stage Stubs, the UK's leading dance ticketing software. No more long nights sitting on a small table in your studio, collecting money behind a tower of tickets, hiding from a queue of parents that goes beyond your front door. And best of all, Stage Stubs is completely free for you to use. You get 100% of the ticket face value in your pocket. Not only is it quick and easy for you to use, it's quick and easy for your customers to use too. Your attendees can purchase tickets while at work or in bed directly on their mobile, 24 hours a day, right up until the day of your show or event. If you're not using Stage Stubs to sell your dance show tickets, you really are missing out, guys. Getting started couldn't be easier. So sign up for your free Stage Stubs account today at www.stagestubs.com. Check it out. Welcome to the Dance School Startup Mini Podcast, bringing you bite-sized advice each week to help you at the start of your dance school's journey. My name's Laura Gillam, and I've been a dance teacher for over 20 years and a school owner for over 14 years. I'm so excited to support you on your journey, and I look forward to getting to know you more in the Dance School Startup Facebook group. Hello everybody, happy Friday. Oh my goodness, another week has gone by, but that means we are another week closer to half term and I can't lie guys, I'm absolutely buzzing for half term because not only am I having a little mini break, I'm also going on my best friend's hen weekend and I don't get much of a social life nowadays, so I'm actually super excited to go away. But enough about me, how are you? How are your schools? I hope you guys are all well and enjoyed last week's episode. I'm back today with a very special guest. I'm really excited for you to hear from her, the lovely Fiona Ramasamy. Um, Great girl and really enjoyed talking to her today. Um, She's all about getting clear and confident about your preschool classes. And I know that this is something that is talked about quite often in the group, um, particularly about sort of managing them and working out, you know, the best way to plan your lessons, etc. So she is your girl for learning about this sort of thing. Um, and she's got loads of nuggets of gold information to share with you today. So grab a coffee or as always a glass of wine, no judgment here and enjoy today's episode. Okay, well, hello, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is so exciting. I've loved having a little chat with you a minute ago. Um, Tell us about you. Tell us about how this all began. And let's just get a bit of background on your teaching career. Okay, so I've been teaching for 18 years, which I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, And actually, next week is our ninth anniversary of my school. So for for kind of half, literally half that time, I've had my own school. Again, can't quite believe that. It's gone that quickly. Um, I had like nine invaluable years working for other dance schools. Um, I'm I'm based in Worthing. West Sussex. I'm actually wearing my Costa del Worthing t-shirt today. Um, (laughs) We call it Sunny Worthing. And I used to work around kind of Brighton and Sussex for lots of other schools and um, got lots of great experience working for them, learnt lots from them. Um, I danced as a child, um, like from three years old, like lots of people do. 
I was lucky enough that when I got to about eight or nine, I think I was about eight years old, when a neighbour said, oh, you know, there's like a really good dance school up the road that's like world renowned. And basically it was the Lane Theatre Arts Junior Department just happened to be a local dance school. So that was my and my sister's local dance school. Um, so I was incredibly lucky, had the most incredible teachers for my, for my kids' classes. Um, but I decided to go to university, did normal jobs, um, kind of business and admin, worked for charities, did recruitment, did all sorts of things. Um, and then kind of was between things. And I think one of my aunties just said, why, why didn't you ever do anything with dance? And I was like, eh. Why don't you try teaching? I'm like, eh. <laughs> and, and then that's, that was kind of it, really. Went off on the lot, the very last ISTD associate course that they ran at, at headquarters 18 years ago. <laughs> wow, wow. So you've had a quite a varied background before you started any yeah. of this. That's got to be quite useful in some respects, though. Definitely, definitely. I was actually at a careers day at my son's school yesterday for their year, for their year tens, and uh, it was quite, it was quite funny. They had to like guess what I do for a living, which was really hard because it was all like yes no maybe questions. They, none of them could guess what I do for a living because it is an unusual job. It's a very unusual job, Absolutely. and um, and I was just emphasising to them how you know you never know which way you know especially nowadays people have so many different jobs across like even a decade you know, um, and how any skills you gain are going to be useful, um, and how running any kind of business you have to wear every hat as we know, yeah. so uh, yeah like I, I'm able to draw on kind of business admin sales skills marketing skills people skills I worked in the public sector and yeah fantastic and so how did vanilla dance start up yeah so I mean I've, I've had my own, my own school for a long time and um preschool dance has become kind of my specialism really um which is really kind of funny because my story is that when I started teaching I couldn't think of anything worse <laughs> Uh, and I, I was I was that teacher that was dropped into a preschool dance class thinking, well, this would be the easy part of the job. Um, <laughs> you know, I just all I cared about was advanced modern, really. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, within five minutes going, oh, my goodness, what on earth do I do? <laughs> you know, and suddenly realizing, goodness, you actually have to really plan these classes incredibly carefully. And you've really got to know what to do with little kids. So um yeah, so I wish, I think really over many, many years, like making myself get better with kids, partly because I wanted to be a mum and for all sorts of reasons, wanted to be good at my job, obviously. Um, and then certainly when I started thinking about having my own school as well, just really driven to get really good at this because as most people probably who are listening to your podcast know, um, because you'll have taught them this, is that, uh, you know, preschool classes are so foundational for, for growing a school. Um, the, all the younger years, early years classes are gonna be incredibly important. So I think I kind of realized over time, A, as a teacher, how important these classes are, like for their the child's development, like what a privilege it is, um, and how much needs to go into planning these classes and as a school owner how important these classes are for growing a school and I was so frustrated with the lack of training out there there is very little it's covered a little bit on some of the teacher training courses but I don't feel like people get the tangible tools they really need for actually planning and delivering classes. Um, so, you know, you can do a lot of theory, but chuck someone into a class with 15, 10 to 15 preschoolers, um, it's not about theory. <laughs> I, mean, I think as well, like you don't realise how much stamina you need. Yes. In that 45 minute session or 30 minute session, depending on the age group, you know, you're knackered. <laughs> we'll come to that in a minute. 
Yeah, no, I just felt like the, the, the people need a lot more kind of clarity about what's important and more confidence in how to run the classes. And and then we'll talk a bit more later as well about specifically for kind of creating a curriculum as a preschool dance school owner. Um, but yeah, I just felt that there was kind of a lack of stuff out there. So, yeah. You've touched on it a little bit, but I'm, I was going to say to you about why you sort of believe that preschool classes are just so fundamental to dance schools so do you want to talk a little bit more about how you know it's such an authentic way of growing your school isn't it from the from the ground up we know that but if you get it right um it's just you're going to retain those students for so long they're going to just be the the part the heart of your school Totally. There's nothing better than having, I mean, I've got girls now in their teens, now that I've been going nine years, um, you know, that, yeah, they're like 12-ish, 10, 10, 13, who were like three or four when they started with me. And it's just like, they're my, my lovely cohort who were like my first, you know, my, my school, my first little cohort, which is just lovely. Um, I think the thing is, the reality of running a school is, and it's good for teachers to hear this, even if you don't run a school, because it's important to be aware of this um, in terms of keeping your boss happy. Um, it's important to really understand that this is like a funnel for your school. So the more that you can kind of get in the t- in this top, well, I say the top, it's more like the bottom, isn't it? It's upside down. Let's, let's turn it upside down. The more you can get in, it's more like a, let's say a hoover. <laughs> um, yeah, the more that you can get in, then the less that you have to work hard at getting in school age kids, which is hard, much harder. There is a never ending supply of people wanting preschool classes for their children. It's much harder to compete with all of the other activities as they get to school age and they start to dig into gymnastics or football or a lot of girls do rugby around where I live. Um, Yeah, but it's much harder to compete and all the free after school clubs as well. You need to hook them in at this age. So in terms of business wise, it's important, but also in terms of relationally, just actually having that connection from a young age and that relationship with them, even if they have like a different preschool dance teacher to who they're going to have um, in the school later on, just having a connection from that young age is is going to be really vital. Yeah, absolutely. So what are your top tips when planning and delivering classes to this age group? Let's get into that because I know we're going to be desperate. Nice and neatly. We'll split it nice and neatly into two. Um, The important thing is to have an idea of what what they really need at this age, what's important with this age group. So um, you were talking about being exhausted. Um, You don't have to produce a firework display in every class. And we really need to get, I get quite frustrated when I hear people talking about how we need to keep the music running continuously and how we need to keep them like busy the whole time. As you grow in confidence as a teacher, you do not need to do that. And what we actually need to do is get away from this idea that we have to constantly distract kids every second. It is not what they need. It's not helping them. It's not helping them learn how to learn. And you are, you're going to be exhausted. Like, you know, if you're running those in the morning or after lunch, or it's like the start of your afternoon, and then you've got to do all your other passes. Oh, my goodness. It's got to be sustainable for you. And it's got to be what the kids need. Um, so you've got to kind of think about, okay, what do they actually, what do they actually need? So there's two things. If you think about planning, the kind of content of your classes, what's great is that there's actually no right or wrong. This is what, like, what some people need to hear. And I've had this feedback from my courses actually, is that some people just go, oh, it's just really good to know that what I'm doing is okay. <laughs> because we have this idea that there's like a right or wrong. And I think, whereas we might use syllabus for a lot of our school age classes, we don't necessarily for, for this age, you might do, you might have like a, a licensed thing, a syllabus or a franchise you, you use. 
But sometimes we can feel like, is what I'm doing okay? And we don't really know. There, there is no right or wrong, unless you're doing the over splits with them, or like dancing to the thong song. It, that, you know, there's no right or wrong. <laughs> What's really important is having a creative, obviously, obviously making it creative and keeping it consistent. So having like a routine, and then having imaginative transitions between your activities. This is where people get a bit like, I've got to keep them busy, I've got to keep them busy and just get to the next bit of music and have 20 things in a class. You don't, I do like five or six things in a half an hour class. Um, you can link those those activities in a way that kind of flows imaginatively. And this is why I advocate really sort of themed classes. You don't have to, but you know, I think they work really well. And I think that's what a lot of people do because it does work well to kind of link each activity um, and plan that. Actually plan in as much detail the transitions between your activities as you do the actual activities themselves, because that's when you're going to really help them learn how to learn which is partly what we're there to do. It's partly what parents want them to do at that age. They want to be preparing them for school, laying the foundations for their life, uh, no pressure. <laughs> but essentially, that's what we're doing. We're part of helping them learn how to learn at this age. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, planning, planning in terms of um, how you're actually going to link each activity, having kind of imaginative ways to do that. So that doesn't take it doesn't take a huge amount of work, really. If you think, OK, well, I want to do this, this and this. How could I link those together? Um, and then having some kind of routine as well, like a consistent routine. So, for example, my classes will always come in with a teddy. They know they always have to bring a teddy. I might have a couple of spare in the cupboard just in case. But um, they come in with a teddy. They sit down with their teddy, hold it for a bit of comfort while we do the register. Teddies go over and sit and watch us dance. If I've got a new kid who's a bit shy and a bit nervous, their teddy can snuggle up with my teddy. Uh, and at the end of class, we always do our grown-up ballet, our real ballet, whatever you want to call it, and then we rock our teddies to sleep. So that's how I do it and that's not the right way there's no right or wrong way it's about figuring out a routine so that the kids know what to expect each week and there's a lot of comfort in that for them yeah, and less less issues yeah absolutely yeah fantastic because I know that one of the questions that came up in our group recently was um when they're planning that age group it just seems to take them ages they feel like they're wasting a lot of their time um but i just touching on something i heard you say briefly there was about just confidence and um just the more experience that you have in doing it the quicker it will become and yeah. i think a lot of the especially people that are perhaps newer to teaching that age group um just need that time to get into a flow and what you've just explained would obviously, if they had that structure to their class, that would that would be so useful for them because that would really help them to just cut their planning time in half. If you can create, I, what I did, this is what I did when I was new, over, you know, I suddenly realised within a few weeks, few months, that what I needed to do is come up with, okay, let's just work on one theme and I'll do that for two or three weeks. And then I can really kind of learn it myself, you know, like a performance so that you, I mean, you want to be yourself, obviously, but it is like a performance. You want to be able to go, I can now do most, most of my preschool classes because I've been doing a lot of the themes for years and I do change and tweak them quite a lot, probably every year each class plan will be slightly tweaked a bit, but I can pretty much go in and do them without even having to look at my notes, without having to really think about it, which is lovely um, because I know them so well. And you know, how nice is that? So if you can have, you know, you might start off with just planning one. I started off, I think with a Cinderella theme was what I planned originally. And um, 
just really made sure I, I did it for like, I might even have done it three or four weeks running and just added a new thing each week. And once you've really got confident with that, it's amazing how you will feel calmer and that will then create a calmer class. Mm. And you can really connect with the kids, but that's what I was going to say next. Okay, guys, I want to introduce you to Dance Cuts, which is a new music editor made specifically for dancers and dance teachers just like us so that we can edit and mix our own dance music. It's free and it's super easy to use. This user-friendly editor makes it so easy just to add music, add high-resolution sound effects, change speeds, and it's got dance-specific features that you're not going to find anywhere else. And there are no confusing buttons or tools, and they even have built-in tutorials that make this easy system even easier to learn. It's letting us make perfect music for our perfect dances. Dance Cuts is revolutionising the way that we cut our music. No more having to pay an expensive professional to get results that perhaps weren't what we were envisioning. I'm starting to use Dance Cuts now for all of my music editing, and I think you guys should give it a go. You can learn more and download Dance Cuts by going to www.dancecuts.com. Check it out. Yeah, so go on to that. So the delivery and the connection is so interesting. Um, what's really important is knowing that what they need is connection and calm. And I talk about carrying rather than than controlling classes. You often see teachers online talking about, you know, how do I manage kids this age? We talk about behavior management. Um, I was saying on my, um, I've got a a free Facebook group. I'll tell people about later, but um, I was saying on there a little while ago, people have in in kind of normal schools have talked to uh gone away from talking about behavior management because there is this understanding now that all behavior is communication that actually if you can kind of engage kids well enough if your planning is good enough you can carry kids through a class rather than feel like you have to control that doesn't mean you're not going to have some issues doesn't mean you're going to have not going to have challenging behaviors you, you know it's going to happen but you can carry them through a class if you have got a well-planned class that you can calmly deliver. Um, and yeah, creating this connection with them, actually having time in the, I mean, I'm, I'm a gabbler, right? <laughs> you can probably tell I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I have had to really make myself like I'm doing now, really calm down and slow down very deliberately when I'm talking. And they listen more, they listen more and you have time to connect with them and you can actually give them time for their brains to process what you're doing with them and they actually learn how to learn better than if you're just throwing stuff at them to keep them busy because you're a bit scared of having any quiet moments which is i think how a lot of newer teachers often feel with this age group or you know i wasn't actually new to teaching i used to be a secondary school teacher and like normal subjects and but i just had no clue about this age group and so that's what i did i was like i just had to do like 50 things um and it's actually not what they need and it doesn't work brilliantly i had someone come and observe me um a few weeks ago um and she just couldn't believe she kind of assisted for the day she couldn't believe how calm the class was you know um and and i think it's really important to go back going back to the thing about you know being not being exhausted um you want to create students mold students that know how to learn that don't need to be 
100 miles an hour the whole time that can actually listen how much do you want your kids to listen your school age students how much do you wish that they learned how to listen and um, we have to kind of teach them that from i think it's our responsibility to teach that in our classes from a young age and so sometimes we just have to take the pace down not all the time you're going to have plenty of mad moments where you're just being mad fun um but to take that pace down enough to actually really connect with them and help them process things and learn how to learn yeah, yeah, fantastic. That's so important. We have got such a responsibility and it's so nice that you brought that up. And I think a lot of us do have that sense of responsibility in us. But when you're first starting out, you're thinking about so many different things. It's just so hard to just work out what what your role is in a child's life. Yeah. And actually, it's huge. And I don't and, and they don't realise it and the parents don't realise it until further down the line. And then they yeah. look back on their journey with you and they think, wow, like without this dance school experience, my child wouldn't be half the kid that they are now. And that's an amazing and rewarding part of the job, isn't it? Yeah, I had a little very shy one yesterday who really I was, mum, you know, came to say hello to pass us in uniform, then to uniform. And she was so I was thinking, oh, this might be a wobbly one. You know, I don't have them very often. Um, but yeah, she she was, and mum just couldn't believe the difference in her by the end of the class, how confident she was. Like, I looked at her and she was smiling, she was talking to you. <laughs> and and we can have a massive influence on, she said she, she felt so proud of herself. She emailed me later, she's like, she felt so proud of herself for doing that class today. You know, we can have such an influence on their self-esteem. And I just think, you know, if anything at this age, what I care about, yes, it's great for building a school. We've talked about that. But I really do care about, you know, building their self-esteem, confidence and their ability to learn because the knock-on effect for their life is huge. Again, no pressure, but, <laughs> you know, the knock-on effect for their life is huge. And I, did, I had another mum a few weeks ago say to me, she said, it's like you're some kind of witch or something. <laughs> I said, maybe, maybe don't put that on the Facebook review. Maybe don't say witch. <laughs> But, you know, you can, it is quite possible. I li literally had no clue what I was doing with this age group. No clue when I started. It is possible to, I didn't think of myself as someone that was good with small children. It is totally possible to gain those skills over time. You just have to put in a little bit of work yeah. to think. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Or listen to gurus like yourself. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. What are your top tips on creating a curriculum for this age group and keeping on top of it? Okay, so there's a few things here. First of all, first thing before you do anything is start getting it out of your head. So I know that lots of dance teachers love stationery and love notebooks and they've got it all kind of, you know, here and there. Or some people don't even have it in notebooks, it's just literally in their head. What you need to be doing is start actually compiling it all digitally. And that's not as scary as it sounds, it's just having initially, might just be a table in a Word document that's got, you know, theme, activities, transition links you know music playlist and and that's literally all you need like a few columns and just literally start typing them out um start getting it out of your head you know you might just okay I'll each each week i'll just start typing up that one theme i've done that week and then you can gradually build it up um and that's partly for you so that on the days where quite frankly a lot of people you know we might be quite unwell in our heads sometimes we're you know in the winter it's a bit dark and cold and we're just feeling really low about whatever you have all sorts of things going on in your life you've got to turn up for these kids and deliver a magical class um you really want to be able to just whip out a a plan and just repeat it 
um, without having to think about it too much. So I can be, you know, have a load, very low day, uh, or, you know, feeling really anxious or whatever. And I can whip out on these themes and I can just go in and do it and it be as good as it, as it always would be. Um, so that's really important, partly for you, but also to make it easily shareable in case you want to start taking on other teachers at some point. The next thing would be to get really clear on what your ingredients are. So either what you currently do that you're really happy with or what you want to include perhaps that you're not at the moment and start developing a class description to actually have a really clear class description that genuinely kind of does what it says on the tin to your teachers so that your teachers know what's expected of them when they're planning a class or when they're using your plans possibly in delivering them maybe you give them flexibility on what kind of Saw some sprinkles they put on top, link into my vanilla thing. And um, so you you, get, so you say, these are the ingredients, this is the consistent kind of recipe. Um, and you know, you hear some flexibility for you to put whatever sauce and sprinkles you want on it. You know, you might want to switch the flavor up a little bit, but you've got to be really clear. You've got to have a very clear vision of what each class is going to look and feel like. Are there going to be loads of props? Or is it just going to be, you know, a little bit? Are there going? Is there going to be certain kinds of music? Or, um, you know, is there going to be a certain amount of ballet? Um, what is it going to look and feel like? You know, how noisy is it going to be at various points? That kind of thing. And once, and the great thing again, you get to choose. You get to choose. So some parents want fairy princess school. Some parents want, you know, a bit of acro, bit of tap, bit of musical theatre. You know, your school might be, you know, you just have really focusing on ballet. I call my classes preschool movers because for me that does what it says on the tin to parents. It reflects what I give and therefore I'm attracting the right parents that are going to then feel they're getting what they expected. <laughs> so then they enroll and they and they sign up and they stay. Um, so what I do, and I have a description that I put on all inquiries, it goes over social media about what that class is. Um, and it's different for everybody. There's again, there's no right or wrong. So get really clear on what kind of what kind of the ingredients are and then create a consistent recipe for planning your classes so that whoever is taking the class uh, or even if you want to outsource some of the planning of various things to some of your teachers, they know that this, there's going to be this sort of structure, this sort of content and they can then add their own sauce and sprinkles to it. You know, it might be you want to include, always have a song at the end. Some people always do a song at the end. Um, it might be they come in with Teddy's like they do with mine. It might be um, you have a word of the week or, you know, a color of the week or a number of the week, whatever it is. Um, if you can create it consistently, not only will the parents pick up on that kind of professionalism that it's all really organized and consistent, coherent, you can then use that clarity and consistency to be really confident in your marketing so say to attract families who want what you offer and know what to expect and then you enroll them and retain them but also you can have more confident in taking confidence in taking on other teachers and you can then grow your capacity um you know i think what i i know for myself for a long time i was like only i can teach the preschool classes like i do <laughs> which is incredibly arrogant. Um, and that's how, how I thought. And I think that is how, how some of us think, um, you know, because we put so much into it and especially if you've been teaching for a long time and you are very good at what you do, you know, it's such a, such a special skill planning delivering these classes. So when, once you've done that for a long time, it is quite easy to think no one else can do it like you do. 
Um, but all that does is keep you stuck and kind of limited in your growth of your school. So um, you really want to make sure you, you're growing your capacity by taking on other teachers. And um, yeah, when I started thinking about taking on other teachers, I really had to get it all together. And it makes such a difference to do that. But also, you know, you might want to or need to step back one day. Someone, one a client um, had a hip operation. Um, you know, you need you need to be prepared for those sorts of situations. And you might just want to be ready for selling your school or passing on your school. And this will be one of the most valuable assets you can create. Um, that was a very long answer. I'm very no, good at talking. That was absolutely brilliant. I was actually so interested. As I don't really teach that age group anymore because yeah. I'm sort of 15 years down the line. And yeah. the what I kind of know that I do well, I, I now kind of swing towards. But yeah. um, I have a fantastic girl um, that has uh, actually been, she was my student from the age of eight. I know, I employ my own. It was brilliant. Now, she started with me from eight, then she went all the way through. She became my teaching assistant at 14. Then she went off to dance college, and then she come back and she works for me ever since. Um, but she's brilliant. She's got the dream. It's <laughs> the dream, creating your own. Um, but, yeah, and but I'm thinking... And, and she's brilliant. She comes up with all these fantastic concepts. But I'm thinking, wow, she needs to listen to this podcast because I absolutely love the way that you said about the source of the sprinkles and things like that, which is yeah. so lovely. And that kind of brings me to asking you about um, Vanilla Dance. How can we sort of like find out more about what you offer? Yeah, so um, there's kind of a couple of things, a few things I can do. Um, I run a, a course called Become a Preschool Dance Pro, it's on Zoom, um, it's a couple of sessions for teachers, it might be very experienced teachers or not so much, I've had both on the course and even those who are more experienced and less experienced brand new have got a lot out of it and that's really covering the planning and delivery side of things in a lot more detail. Um, and then the other thing which is actually coming up in the next month is the craft or curriculum course. Um, I did this with a client last year and I'm going to do this as a small group this year because um, it went so well. Um, Booking's going to open sometime in end of May-ish. Um, and that is a guided project course over kind of like probably fortnightly-ish or once a month for like two or three months, something like that. Um, and it's a guided project course to get this done really to get this done so it's mainly for school school studio owners or if a school studio owner is happy for uh for someone to take complete responsibility for this and have ownership of it equally that might work but i ah. think depend on you know the, the agreements um so that's coming up um but i just have a free facebook group which it would be lovely if everyone come and join that if you're not already in it. Um, I really need to change the name of it because it's not very memorable, Laura. This is terrible marketing. Preschool Dance Approaches Content and Delivery. How long-winded is that? So I need to, <laughs> I need to come and look, look up in Facebook, Preschool Dance Approaches Content and Delivery. And there's free tips in there each week. There's like a mute Monday music Monday thread. Um, I do a Facebook live in there every week about a particular topic um, and I, you can find out more in there about what I do and um, I'm, we can you can post any like questions you can post anonymous questions in there as well like there's no judgment there's a complete mixture of teachers in there at various stages of their journey and yeah all things planning and delivery and curriculum create, creation for preschool dance content delivery what am I gonna I've got to change that name haven't I <laughs> Yeah, vanilla dance or something. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. 
what I will say is that um, if you give me all this information, I will put it in the show notes on the podcast. And of course, I will share it in the group as well. So if anyone's listening and they want that information, just get in touch and we will share it with them because I'm definitely going to be um, checking it out. I'm going to get my member of staff to check it out because I think she'd love it. And I'm also, I think that course sounds fantastic where you're actually just holding people accountable and just saying mm-hmm. to people, right, come on, I'm going to hold your hand through this. I'm going to support you. This is going to be massive for your business. Stop putting it off. Stop procrastinating. I'm here to help you. Let's do it. So guys, anyone yeah. who's listening, I think this is absolutely fantastic. And I think honestly, I, like I need to, to take you on as like the kick people up the bum person. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is my sole purpose in life at the moment <laughs> oh Fiona, this has been so lovely talking to you today yeah, it's been great thank you oh, very thank much you. I really appreciate it and perhaps we'll get you on again sometime because it would be lovely to dive even deeper on some of this knowledge yeah. that you've got and it's such an important topic because it really is the backbone of the school so um yeah no it'd be great to speak to you again sometime but thank you for today I really appreciate it Well, I hope you enjoyed that today, guys. It was so lovely to speak to Fiona and I hope that you've taken away some good information there to get you going with your preschool classes. If you want to speak to Fiona a little bit further about any of this, then you can reach her at uh, www.vanilladance.co.uk or you can find her on Instagram at vanilladancefiona or that Facebook group is preschool dance approaches you can always join that free group Uh, but all of the information will be in the show notes and i'll pop it into our group as well so have a lovely week guys and i'll see you next time take care bye bye Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. I hope you found that useful and took away some valuable information. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it if you could like and subscribe. And if you're listening on iTunes, perhaps even leave me a little review or share it with someone else who you think it may benefit. If you're just starting out or in the first two years of your dance school business, follow the link in the show notes to join us at the Facebook group. 